Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Revelation 3, Revelation 3 verse 14, it says this, uh, to the church in Laodicea, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's quite strong. You say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's very strong words in Revelation 3. Many of you know it's an apocalyptic book in the Bible, the last book in the Bible. And I just want to speak uh, this morning and focus on this particular passage that is a message from Jesus as, as John received the revelation in Patmos. Um, as he received this revelation, as Jesus gave him a revelation, he spoke about different churches, seven different churches. And one of these churches was in Laodicea. And Laodicea is a real place. It was a real church at the time. But it's, as we know with Revelation, it's quite a symbolic book. So it's quite um, a book that signifies and shows us something about the end times as well as something that it related to at the time that they were in. And I want to focus on what this message is to Laodicea. To the church of Laodicea. The words that we've just read are Jesus speaking to John in this revelation. So we just understand that's Jesus speaking to John. Saying, telling them about the character of this church. Telling them about, telling John about the character of the Laodicean church. As we read a few minutes ago, it said that whether they were, he said, I wish you were neither hot nor cold. Because you're lukewarm, he says. And he says to them, I would spit you out of my mouth. It's very strong stuff from Jesus. Laodicea is a, a real place. It's in uh, current day Turkey. It's in western Turkey area. And in its ancient times, Laodicea was a very affluent place. So it was a very um, busy town known for business and trading so lots of people would have gone through Laodicea, traveled through it to buy and sell different things. 
How many of you know today Cambridge is pretty affluent? The places where I've worked, or the place I worked before here, seem to do better through the recession than (laughs) most places. They're a very affluent place. It's a place here where we trade. It's a place that is known for good business and will soon to be in, in the future in the world. It's, they say that even Cambridge alone, um, the area just beyond the science park where I used to work, is going to grow to become, they believe, like the Silicon Valley of, of this country because of the expertise here. Laodicea was a very similar thing in an ancient time. It was known as a trading route. It was known where people would go through. And they were in particularly... Um, known for trading with wool, black wool. They had a specific type of wool that they had that they could sell and they could buy. And they also had in their region a hospital, um, an area where medics would develop in this area in Laodicea um, a, a certain medication for eyes, like an eye salve. This particular medication was called Phrygian powder, known to take from the Phrygian rocks. And this would heal their eyes in some way. So we know from just a bit of history, I want to just bring you into the scene, because we just read this scripture sometimes, and we say, oh, God's speaking to the church of Laodicea. But what does it actually mean? What is he identifying and what what is he speaking to, to, to them at the time about? And what does that mean? For us today. He said in that scripture. He says one thing that you don't hear much. In the Bible. And it says that we. He counsels. Jesus counsels them to buy. From him. He says all these things. About the Laodicean church. But he says. I counsel you to buy from me. There's not many times in the Bible you read. Everything always seems to be free. Doesn't it? It's not many times you read that you have to buy something from God. You'd say, well, that, this doesn't sound like the gospel to me, that I have to buy something. I don't know if I've got the funds to buy from God. I'm sure his price tag would be pretty big. But I want us to focus on what was it that Jesus was saying to this church and to us, because it means something to us today in the last day church. What was he saying that we need to buy? The title of my message today is Retail Therapy. Retail Therapy. Who likes a bit of retail therapy? There's a few hands going up. A lot of people, when they're feeling pretty low, they say, I need some retail therapy. In other words, I need to go out and spend because spending and buying certain things will hopefully fill the gap, fill the void. And we do that so easily. We go out and we spend and spend just trying to fulfill and make ourselves feel happy. And people call that in this country retail therapy. I don't know about you, but every time I ever go out, if I ever want to buy something, Emma always says to me, do you need it? As soon as she says that, it goes straight off the list. Do I need it? Do you need it or do you want it? You know, and most of the time I just want it. I want it. And number one this morning I want to look at for us in this message is that we need to assess our needs. Assess your need. Assess your need. In this bit of scripture we read earlier, Jesus said, you are lukewarm. 
He was telling them first of all, before he said to buy something, he was telling them about themselves. He was telling them to assess themselves, to assess their need. He said, verse 15, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. He was looking at this church saying, do you know that you do need something? You do need something that you need to buy. Remember, he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the city. He's talking to the church. And so many of us sometimes think we've got everything. And we don't need to do anything. And we don't need to buy anything from God. But I want to focus on something today that I believe we do. In Laodicea, one of the things I didn't mention is this. And this is fact. That in Laodicea, the water that they had to drink came from six miles away through an aqueduct. They didn't have a direct uh, contact to the water. They had to wait for this water to travel from an aqueduct six miles away from another place. And by the time this water had arrived in Laodicea, it had become lukewarm and tepid. So it couldn't be, if you went to drink it, how many of you know that if you try to drink some warm water from your tap, it doesn't taste all that good, does it? And I want to spit it out of my mouth too. And this water that they drank physically was traveling six miles in. And becoming into the city lukewarm. The reason why Jesus focused on these things, the very key things that were fact about the day, is because it would get right into their hearts. He said, look, you know the water that you're drinking? The water that you're drinking that you find tepid and it's not very nice that you don't have your own hot springs. This water's coming in and you don't like it. Well, that's the way I look at you. Because the way that you are at the moment is you're lukewarm for me. You're neither hot or cold. You're lukewarm. And I know this, I don't know about you, but it's pretty scary when he says that if you're lukewarm, he wants to spit you out of his mouth. But I kind of understand where he's coming from, because I would never make a cup of tea out of a tap. When it's warm, it doesn't taste good. And what Jesus is saying is he's highlighting to the church, are you lukewarm for me? He says this, I prefer you are cold Rather than lukewarm. I prefer that you didn't even come and serve me and pretend. I prefer you were cold. Because there's something pretty bad about it. If we can come into his house and worship him. And do all the church stuff. But really our hearts are far from him. That's not, that is not true authentic Christianity. And it's not about legalism. It's not about trying to become somebody you're not. We have to be true and confess ourselves to him. Amen. Where are you today? What's your real spiritual temperature with God? How do you sit? Are you lukewarm? Are you hot? Are you cold? There's only you who knows that. There's only you who knows when you take your temperature. You know where you're at with God. You know the things that... You probably hide from him. The things that you reveal to him. But he wants us all out. 
to wear our heart on our sleeve, to be before him hot for Jesus. Amen? I don't know where you're at today, but sometimes if we are lukewarm, what happens is this, that you're on the fence between one thing and the other. You've got so much of sin in your life that you can't enjoy Christianity. You've got so much of Christ in your life on the other side that you can't really enjoy the sin. So the worst place you could be, and Jesus said it, if you're lukewarm, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Because if you're in the middle, you ain't going to feel great because you will not enjoy your life. You'll have a bit of one, but then it destroys the other. No one can serve two masters. No one. And Jesus, this is strong words, but it's strong because God wants to refine us. He doesn't want to rebuke us and condemn us. He wants to refine us like gold. Assess your needs. Test yourself. Test yourself. You're the only one who knows deep down inside how you feel and what you're doing with your relationship with God. I don't know, but when we sometimes do sit on the fence, it almost takes us to what I feel it's like. It's not a natural depression, but it's like a spiritual depression. It's a spiritual depression in where we feel If I can just stay in between, I'm not going to tell anyone, I'm just going to carry on down this road. And that is not the road that God has called you to walk. He doesn't want you to walk in a spiritually depressed state. He wants you to be one or the other. Sometimes in the Bible when he let people, God allowed people to go into their sins so that they would see, they wouldn't be worshipping him, so they would see the glorious grace of the gospel. He allowed them to follow the lusts of their flesh so they would see how great God was. And I don't want to be, and I don't want us as a church ever to be, and I encourage us today, it's so easy to, easy, when the devil prowls around like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour, to take us into the middle. And you walk along, and you can, I'll tell you, people are so good at it. But do you know what? It's not about what people think. It's about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's only you who are going to be encouraged when you get that right. None of us are perfect, but when we're honest with him, and we're on fire for him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 about examining ourselves. In this I said we need to assess our needs, we need to test ourselves. He said this, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test, says Paul. Here, Paul is encouraging you, the church, To test yourself. Examine yourself. Because we're all good at masks and putting a mask on. But he says, test yourself. See if you pass the test. 
And before we move on today, I want you to just do that right now. Test yourself. It's not that we can point people out and say, you are not doing things for God, or you are not a good person, or you're a bad person. But I want us to be on fire for God. Including me. I want us to not be seen as lukewarm. On fire for Him. Test yourself and assess your real needs. Sometimes when we do sit on the fence and we do 50-50, we're half and half into one and the other. We mix in a lethal cocktail with the world. We're doing so much in the world and so much in with Christ. And it's a lethal cocktail that will only take you down. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 says this, Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Now you can be friends with the world to some degree, but some of us today, some of us today can be yoked together, not just with unbelievers, and that can affect us, how our temperature is. But let me tell you that this, the worst thing is when we're yoked to someone else who is supposed to be a Christian, but yet they act like an unbeliever. A lukewarm person. You might be on fire for God. You might be the spiritual temperature. You say, wow, I was so on fire for God. I was passionate about Him. I was seeing God do great things in my life. And now, for some reason, I am yoked with someone else. I am attached to someone else. How many of you know what a yoke's like? A yoke is something that would attach you next to someone So that wherever they went, you would go. And some of us today, it's probably worse for you if you're attached to someone who is supposed to be a believer. But is not believing Christ. They're lukewarm. They will take you into places that you didn't want to go. Don't be yoked with unbelievers, but don't be yoked with believers who are lukewarm as well. Because these people will affect you. How many of you know that it's not natural for you to be pulled in a direction that you don't want to go in? And the problem is there's some people today, maybe here, who are so locked into the yoke of their friends, the people they associate themselves with, whether Christian or not, and they find themselves in a position where they just cannot get out. They do certain things that feel steered by someone else. And I believe that God wants to speak right into someone's heart today. To challenge you. is to say, look at your life. Test yourself. Don't just test your spiritual temperature. But look at the things around you, the people you're with. To see if you're being unequally yoked. To see if the balance has put you right in the middle on the fence. What does the Bible encourage us to do? 2 Corinthians 6, 14 in the message says, Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? 
Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. This is just powerful stuff. Don't go strolling with the devil. In other words, don't hang around with some of these people. Don't do this and let yourself become defiled. He describes it like this. He said it's like you're putting in the old times, it's like you're putting the idols in the temple. It's like you're bringing some of these things, these uh, detestable idols into the temple. And some of us here, your body, when you become saved by Jesus, your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. And some of us, we allow, it's like God, it's like the the scripture is saying here that we're bringing things into our life. It's like bringing idols into our temple. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. It's a lethal cocktail. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. I want to encourage you today, assess yourself. Assess your real need Assess your need, your spiritual test to see where you're at with God. Number two, I want to encourage you to spend wisely. Jesus said in the scripture to the Laodicean church to buy from him. To buy from him. He says, I counsel you to buy from me. Spend wisely. We read early in verse 17, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, he said to them, and I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, and blind. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire, so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes, so you can see. Jesus was saying to the church, you think you're rich? You think because you live in this affluent city of trade and wealth, where you have got the finest of wools, black wool, you've got medical doctors who have made this Phrygian powder, this eye salve that you can see when you use and you can buy and sell it and make money. You think you've got everything you've got, but he says you're not rich. You need to buy from me garments that are pure white. Don't you realize that you might have the best black wool coat? You might have the best doctors and the best medication. But don't you realize you need to buy from me garments that you cannot buy from the shelf in your city. These garments are pure white garments. Amen. Spotless. Without blemish. These garments are not the garments that you know. They're not the garments that you think that make you rich. And that make you not naked. These eye salve is not the same. What I sell is, a, is, is something that will make you see again. 
really see. Jesus is saying to us today, buy from me a life that's stain free. Buy from me a life that's stain free. So you can see. You might say today, well I'm a Christian. Why? What has this got to do with me? He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the church. To the lukewarm church that has got into the place where they've allowed some of these idols to come into their life again. And he's not saying that there's no way back. He's saying, you can buy from me. I'm reminding you that when you've assessed your need, you've seen that you really are poor. You can buy from me. Buy from me a life that's stain free. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. The best things you can ever do. The best things that you can ever do in your life. We said this on the streets when we go out all the time. We just, they're like filthy rags towards God. He offers you a garment that is pure white. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says this, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe Of his righteousness. Jesus says to the church. You're blind. You need to buy salve from me. Look. You understand this. Phrygian powder. This salve you have. But I want to tell you about. A salve that I have. That allows you to see again. See clearly. Because some of us when we become lukewarm. What happens is this. We begin to get blind again. We begin to, our vision starts to deteriorate. How many of you know that Paul, he says that scales fell from his eyes. He was blinded, but then he could see. When Jesus went around healing the sick and he healed people with blind eyes, the reason why he did this a lot of the time, I believe, is to show them metaphorically that I'm not just going to open up your eyes physically, you're going to see the kingdom of God. I'm not just going to multiply bread just so that you can see me do a special trick. He said, I'm going to multiply bread to show you that although you've got bread, I am the bread of life. He did these things so that we could see who he really was and what he's really come for. And Jesus says to us today that you might have, you might start to deteriorate in your vision, but I can give you salve that will open your eyes again. He said to them, you can treat your physical blindness with your special medication. But can you really treat your spiritual blindness? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this age, and that's referring to Satan himself, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of Of God. He's blinded the minds of the unbelievers. An unbelieving generation who doesn't see. But God says on offer I have something that will open up your eyes. I want you to buy from me he says. So how can we buy? How can we buy from God? You say, what is he saying to us? I thought the gospel was free. I thought that 
His grace is free. Yes, it is. But when we get into a position that we're in, we start to think that the way we are when we're full of sin and we've let these things come into our lives, that we are worthless towards God. He says to you today, you look at yourself now when you're lukewarm and you cannot see any worth left or any value in yourself. But the truth is this today, that Jesus says that when I look at you, I see so much value even though you're covered in stains. The problem is that when you get lukewarm, you, you lose the value in yourself. You say there's nothing left in me that's good. Why would I have anything to go to God for? Yes, you can go by His, by His grace. But I believe this today. That He's saying to you, the only thing I want from you is you. Yourself. Do you not realize that which you've put a zero price tag on? I have so much worth in it. I see so much worth. If only you'll give yourself to me. Jesus asks for nothing other than you. You might say, I'm a Christian. I don't need to hear this. He asks nothing but you. Some of us sometimes are lukewarm. He wants more of you. He wants you to surrender and give everything to him. All your mistakes. The dark secrets of your heart. The things that you're holding back and hiding. He says, I want you to reveal it to me. I want you to give everything to me. Because do you know I see everything? I see everything. And where you've lost that value in yourself, remind yourself today that there is a massive value. There is a big price tag on you, stained or not. It's the very price tag that Jesus looked at before he went to the cross and he looked at every individual and thought, Boy, oh boy, this sin is bad in this world. But I'm willing to pay the price for each and every one. And he looked at the price tag and on the price tag it said this. The only way to buy this person is to go to the cross. The only way you can buy this person is to go to the cross. He was willing to pay the price. He looked at you and saw value whether you were stained or not. And today... I believe this, that some of us, when we let darkness come in, when we let these idols come into our life, we lose the, our perception of our own value. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that you were bought. You were bought by price. I don't know about you, but Emma loves, Emma's always loves to go to charity shops. She loves to go around charity shops shopping for clothes and things. And we've got into a situation now where it's really good actually. Because the kids think that charity shops are toy shops. It's really good. It's like, it's the same as telling your kids that, well, it's probably lying this, but someone once said to me, tell your kids when the ice cream van plays the tune, he's run out of ice cream. Perfect. It works every time. No, I'm only joking. But they think that they're toy shops. The reason we're not lying, they got toys in there. They're a lot cheaper. Than John Lewis. And the kids love to go. They say, can we go to the toy shop? So we renamed them. Yeah, we'll go to the toy shop. And they sit there rummaging through the cab box asking why there's no wrapping on them. So it's just easier to get into them, you know. But let me tell you this. When you go to charity shops or wherever you go, I went to the uh, dump it site just a few days ago. Dropped some things off. And it always amazes me when you go there 
That whatever you drop off, someone seems to be hanging around looking to what they can take away that you've dropped off. You take your rubbish that's been sat by the side of the house for a long time, because to you it's trash. But then you take it there and someone's trying to eye up and even get it out of your hand before you've even put it down. Someone once said that one man's trash is another man's treasure. Let me tell you, it's the same for you today. What you perceive to be trash now is someone else's treasure. It's God's. It's His treasure. You are His treasure. Whether you're stained or not. Let's just be right here. No one's saying that we're ever going to get to perfection. But there is obviously a difference here than when Jesus is speaking about people who are lukewarm. Even if you're hot, you will sin. Amen? You are not perfect. You will never be perfect. But I believe that there's so much of when you allow so much sin into your life that you get into a situation where God has to deal with these things. And this is how he speaks. Hand yourself in today. Hand yourself in to the charity shop, the dump it site. Say, Lord, if you, if there is a value in me, if you see it, then I hand myself in. Because I can't see that, Lord. I cannot see it anymore. And I'm stuck in a position that I don't see any value in me. And I believe the Lord wants to say to you today, hand yourself in. Hand yourself in. My final point today is to make a personal transaction. Make a personal transaction. Verse 19 of Revelation 3 said this, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is saying here, in this final part of this paragraph, what we read, he says, look at yourself, assess yourself. Then he says, buy from me. But then finally he says, it's your choice, no one else's. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. You have to open the door. And let me tell you this, when you're yoked with someone else, if you've got someone else attached to you who's taking you down, let me tell you, one of them is going to be pulling one way when you're trying to open the door and you're in a, in a position where you cannot do what you want to do. You have to release yourself from the yoke of slavery to be able to turn yourself to open the door for him. Because the person or whoever who's taking you away from this decision He's always going to be pulling the opposite direction. But Jesus wants you to make the decision for yourself. It's a personal transaction. The Bible says that today we have a Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, the Holy Spirit never pushes or forces himself on anyone. He describes him as a gentleman. You see... I know that when we were out on the streets the other week, I can't remember who said it, but I've heard it many times this, but someone said that someone once depicted the picture of Jesus at the door and that on his side there's no handle, but on your side there's a handle. 
And he wants you to open the door. He will never force his way into your life. He always gives you the opportunity to make the decision for yourself in anything. And that's what free will and love is. That's what real love is. That he allows you to make that decision for yourself. He won't barge his way in. He won't force himself upon you. I want to encourage you today to not let someone else buy for you. Don't let someone else buy for you. And don't think that if someone else that you're associated with is buying good things that you are under that blessing. So many times, I, I remember when I was younger, some people got this this fixa- fixation in their minds that if someone in the family is a born-again Christian, they're living in the household, that they're covered. That you're sorted. You have to make a personal decision for Christ. You have to make a personal choice for Him. How many of you, has anyone done Tesco's online shop before? Yeah. Well, when we first, when we had our children, we wanted to do this. We said, we're going to make life easier for us. So we'll go online and we'll do the shopping online. And we'll buy all these things. And what someone said to us was this, that when you get to the end of the shopping list and you see the total, it helps you because then you realize, oh, I don't want it to be that total. So I'm going to start taking items off that I don't really need. And we did this, and I'll never forget the first time it got delivered. I thought, wow, this is amazing. They bring everything. I don't have to go up to Tesco's for two hours trying to find where things are. But soon I realized that when I started to go through, and they started to tell me that certain things they didn't have, so they bought something else for me. I wanted my pepperoni pizza, but there was just a chicken pizza, and I didn't want that. They selected the fruit and vegetables. I think the ones that are the worst ones on the shelf. They'd gone out of date before I even put them in the, put them in the bowl. This is nothing against Tesco's, Morrison's, Sainsbury's. They're all the same. But it's true. Don't let someone else buy for you. Don't let someone else make the decisions for you. Get in the car and get up there yourself. Select your own. Buy for yourself. It's your own personal decision. When you're yoked with someone else or unbelievers or someone who is taking you down the wrong track. The decision ain't yours anymore. You're walking with a decision of two. Jesus is calling you today to make that personal choice. To turn from lukewarm to hot. On fire for him. Turning your Bibles finally to Acts 16. Acts 16 verse 29. I just want to prove and show you here what we've just said. This story is about Paul and Silas in prison. The story of where they get the prison doors open when they're worshipping. And the jailer thinks that they've escaped and realizes that they haven't because they're good Christians and they stick around. They're honest people. But Acts 16.29 says this, The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. This is when the jail doors had opened. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
The jailer said to them, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and all your household. That sounds like him and all his household get saved if he makes the decision. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. They had to hear it as well. At that at that hour, the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. They all had to believe. Everyone has to make their own choice. The jailer chooses God. He says, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to receive this? But Paul and Silas explained that you have to receive, but you have to believe on the Lord Jesus, and they all had to do it. For you today, your choice in life, the way you walk, is not because of someone else. The message here is clear. Every person has to choose for themselves. Some of us today think that hanging around with Christians makes us saved. Hanging around with the right people makes us saved. Those who call upon his name, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Not by hanging around with Christians. Hanging around with someone is completely different to marrying them, isn't it? When you marry someone, you're in relationship with someone, it's completely different to just hanging around with them every now and again. The Lord wants from us full surrender and dedication to Him. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.